This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hi and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Chris and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the preamble, which is read at the start of every meeting. My name's Miles, and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Miles. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Thank you, Miles. So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with, a, with an obsession of the mind. The allergy of the, is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety, one day at a time. The program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. 
It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share his experience with alcoholism. So, would you like to introduce yourself and give us a quick sketch of who you are? My name's Miles and I'm an alcoholic. I've been sober or going to AA for just, what, two months off, four years now. So roughly how old are you? How old am I? 50. Yeah, I'm 50. Okay. <laughs> and so, and do you have a, do you have an occupation? Yeah, I'm an electrician. Yeah. And a family? Uh, yeah, I'm currently, oh, actually I just got married three months ago, so. Oh, great. I'm yeah. married and we've got two children. Okay, excellent. That would have been fun being an electrician while you were drinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. I never got electrocuted. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. And so, whereabouts are you from? Where were you raised? How was your childhood? Oh, I was bo- brought up in Scotland. Uh, yeah, Inverness, Scotland. Uh, it was quite a. It, it seemed quite a good childhood at the time, but yeah, uh, my parent, my dad was probably an alcoholic, and. It wasn't an overly loving family, really, but but they they loved but didn't show it sort of thing. So when when did you start drinking and how did it progress? I started drinking at twelve. There was a whole gang of us who did it. We used to uh, we used to hang out in the streets really a lot, and then we just started getting drunk on Fridays and Saturdays. We'd pay somebody to go into the, what's a bottle store and get our alcohol and get drunk on Fridays and Saturdays, yeah. Right. And um, what did alcohol do for you? Uh, it took me out my shell. I was a really quiet person. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd actually moved from England up to Scotland at about that age and it made it easier to fit in because uh, I was a bit of an odd one out. So, yeah, it was just fun, really. At, t- at that age, it was fun. And so, did you drink socially or alone? Binge daily? Uh, well, not at twelve. I <laughs> we used to do it just at weekends. It progressed over the years. Uh, I always sort of had the attitude that I partied hard. I worked hard and partied hard. But uh, in the last probably six or seven years, I was a daily drinker, and because I was disguising it from my partner at the time I was actually probably I was drinking about nine o'clock at night I would scull lots of alcohol every day yeah did you ever feel that you had a problem I knew I had a problem but I dismissed it I I tricked myself into realizing I didn't have a problem I couldn't live with myself if I doing what I was doing knowing how much of a problem it actually was And did you ever try to stop? Uh, yeah, I'd try and stop on a Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday would be a good one to try. I'd always want to not go to work hangover on a Monday, but uh, I don't think I actually ever achieved that. Uh, I'd always have some leftovers, so I'd have to drink that or feel I had to drink that. So what made you realise you needed help? You might have lost a job or a relationship or got in trouble with the law? At, well, this time, the, the, the reason which has been successful was that I 
I'd been with my partner for 17 years and she'd gone to rehab. And I made a choice that I wouldn't be with her if she was fixing her life. So my choice was to give up on myself or try and sort myself out, really. Right. Did you ever get into trouble with the law? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to give us the details. Oh, I just drink drive and I think that's probably the only the law thing I got done. But yeah. yeah. How did you feel, especially towards the end of your drinking? Uh, exhausted. I was just... I'd had enough of it. I'd, I'd had enough of being me, who, or the person I'd become. I, was, I didn't really know who I was. I didn't like myself at all. And, yeah, I'd, I'd had enough of being this person because I was sort of pretending to be a certain person and I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, I very much relate to the exhaustion. I think one of the common things we hear in AA is that we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So how did you find your way to your first AA meeting? Oh, I knew well all about AA because previously over the the 20 years before I'd, I'd been to a couple of rehabs and I'd been to AA meetings, but... I wasn't really in the rehabs to stop drinking. I was only in the rehabs to fix my life up. So I, I knew that going to AA is what I needed to do. So I basically just went online and found found a place to go to, and yeah, just kept going because yeah, I was I was on my own at that point. My partner was at rehab, so I just kept on going, and yeah, got myself into the rooms. Yeah. And how did you find your first meeting? What were the other members like? How did they treat you? Oh, I actually found them... Well, I don't know how I found them, actually. I was so self-absorbed, I didn't really want to be in the meeting. And looking back, probably were really nice, but I I was so... uh, What's the word? I was so insular and scared of people that I just went late to the meeting, left early, so I didn't have to, to deal with them at all. But did you feel welcome? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And more this time as well. Like, I'd, at those meetings I'd been to years ago, I t- didn't feel so welcome. Uh, I'm not sure if... The, I think that probably was me and how I was feeling at the time, rather than actually the way that they were treating me those years ago. Yeah. And so did you come away with any feelings of hope that you could stay sober, or were you angry or sceptical? Uh, I was sceptical for quite a while, actually. Uh, it was probably about four months. Uh, I was still going to the meetings, and I was just sort of going through the motions. Yeah. And one one meeting, I, I, I went to, and I came out of the meeting. It was about higher powers and stuff, and I came out of the meeting, and I thought, holy crap, it, this could work for me. I, I, I kind of felt that I wasn't different, because I was trying to, I was thinking I was different up until then, and yeah, from that day on, I was just like, "Whoa, man, this could actually work for me, and I'm actually worthy." Because I had really bad self-esteem. It's a big switch, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, how have you managed to stay sober? What's your process of recovery? What have you done? Uh, the big thing for me is is keeping going to meetings. And having a sponsor, I need that accountability. Uh, doing service. 
there's been many a time I've not wanted to go to meetings, but I'd go. And I've kind of turned myself into, in my head, it was what I call as a yes man. It was a movie where this guy had to say yes to everything. So nowadays, if I get asked to do something for AA, I'd do it. It's not, it's not a question. I don't doubt it because it's not going to be bad for me, that's for sure. And most of the time it's good for me. Yes, it works that way, doesn't it? Mm. How did you cope with difficulties such as mm, people in meetings or sponsors or other AA members, etc.? Oh, I found it so hard. Because when I first went into AA, my self-esteem was terrible. And getting a sponsor took me a year and a half. <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was about three quarters of a year actually trying to get them and, and even planning asking them and I'd bottle out of it and stuff because I just didn't want I couldn't I didn't want to admit to weakness you know and I, I'd had sort of lots of hang-ups with guys and stuff so so yeah it took me a long time to, to actually trust the people but it's like the more I went to the meetings the more I'd realized that the people there were nice kind and caring people and I could trust them so, so yeah, it's, it was a long process of recovery for me. Yeah. So how would you describe yourself in your life that you have today? Crazy different. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, it's such a difference. It's unbelievable. When I first went into those meetings, I had such a low self-esteem. I couldn't talk to people. I would hide from engagements with people. Uh, even at work, like at, at smokers and lunches, I wouldn't even sit around with the smoker people because I, I was I couldn't communicate. And nowadays, I'm just so happy in my skin. I've started to like myself a lot. Well, not a lot. <laughs> I've started to like myself a lot more than I, I used to like myself. Still work in progress on that one. But I now see myself as a worthy person of kindness and so relaxed you know it's just it, it, people in the meetings talk about finding a life uh, better than their wildest dreams and I used to sit there thinking well man they're going to get some sort of crazy religious stuff or they're going to get something really cool that's, that I would never get but I, what I didn't realise was that I'd become this person who was so unhappy I could become a free person and I could like myself and love other people and, and be the person I was meant to be and it was beyond my wildest dreams that I could be that person so it's I've gained a life beyond my wildest dreams it's, it's just a crazy life and it's so good I, I, I love my life now compared to not overly even liking myself it's it's wonderful just wonderful so what about um changes in your life since you became sober i know you said you got married but what about your career or it's sort of impacted everything really like i'm, I'm not every morning i used to be worried about getting done dic driving to work because i'd I'd, at the end, I was drinking a cask of wine at nine, ten o'clock at night every day. So I was normally still a little bit drunk driving to work. 
I'd be worried that people would be smelling the alcohol. I'd be worried I was really red. I would sweat a lot in the daytime, embarrassingly. And so even at work, I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm not, I'm not guarded and hiding myself anymore. So, uh, yeah, it's changed me in work big time. It's changed me outside work and in my social life. It's it's kind of like being set free, you know. It's it's just it's chalk and cheese from what from what I was. Yeah. And I know it's it's fairly early days, but how about things like travel or other hobbies or interests? Have they had time to develop yet? Oh yeah, I've come a particularly keen motorbiker. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, me and my partner, because me, me and my partner share our sobriety date, and we both really got into motorbikes, and we just ride all over the place. I'll be riding this weekend. Uh, we know all the best pie shops, coffee shops <laughs> in the whole of Canterbury. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and social life is like, like when when I was because I I was a closet drinker at home. And I would never go out when I was drinking. So now we even go out places, we meet people, and it's just, yeah, it's like a completely different person, really. That's wonderful. Do you have any goals for your future? Goals with AA or well, goals just in goals just life? Just goals in life. Because I've got goals in AA. That's, that's just progressing. Progressing my spirituality and, and my... Because I, I don't do AA properly you know that, that, I, I know that there's no proper way of doing it but it, I I'm a slow person and I gradually it's a, been a gradual change for me and I want to keep on doing that yeah, but we talk about sometimes quickly sometimes slowly and yes yeah, yeah and I'm a slowly yeah. <laughs> right. so AA is described as a spiritual program so what does spirituality mean to you Oh, to me, I struggled to start with spirituality. I, not that I was against it or anything. I just couldn't understand how there could be anything else other than me in control of my life. And uh, I've worked on it, and, and I've come to a conclusion for me that, that I have a higher power who loves me and cares for me. It's some people talk about how their higher power does this for them and that for them and, and I, that's not me at all for me it's my p- higher power has a path laid out for me and it's my choice whether I take it or not I can choose to stay on my old path or choose the good path and uh, I'm trying to stay on his path which is, is then it suits me you know it's like he's not going to do no no special crazy things for me or anything like that it's just he's just up there hoping the best for me and, and making sure that there is a good path for me so what does life lived on a spiritual basis mean to you it means being in contact like living in the moment being in contact with myself and my higher power checking myself you know on a daily basis I, uh, every morning, that like I'll, I, I, I'm real grumpy in the mornings, and I get up and have a cigarette, and my dog comes out with me, and I start off being talking horrible things inside my head about everybody and everything around me, and then I, then I have a little sort. Of, it's not they call it a prayer, but it's, I'm basically just saying to my higher power, guide me today, and and 
help me be the person I want to be, and that resets me for the day. I'll get 24 hours out of that, and I'll do the same again next week. Sounds really good. So what would you suggest for any listeners that think they might have a drinking problem? What advice would you give to someone? Uh, obviously go to AA. Does it, Hank? It, it, I, I firmly believe that AA can work for anybody. They do say in the meetings it can work for anybody, and, and I didn't really believe it because I thought I was special. <laughs> but uh, I now truly believe if somebody wants to stop drinking alcohol if, and they're an alcoholic, if they go to AA and do AA, they will achieve it. It's, I have no doubt in my mind about that. And what questions would you ask someone to help them decide whether they need help? Uh, I think whether or not it's a problem for them. It's only a problem if it's a problem. Regardless, well, I'd say regardless on how much you drink, but obviously if you're drinking like I was every day, then it's probably a problem. But uh, people would need to... They need to want to stop, and so uh, it needs to be a problem. And if if they're just doing it because life's not a bit hard and stuff, well, then that's probably not not going to be enough. But give it a try. Mm. It doesn't matter if it, it, it doesn't matter if you're not an alcoholic. If you go into AA, it's only a good thing. Miles, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. You're welcome. It's, uh, thank you. It's a privilege for asking for asking me mm. to do it. You're very very welcome. So for our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experience. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We'll now close the show with the serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, God grant, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.